Yeah. How's it going? Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, that was I'm a Ja Rule. Oh. That was Ja yeah. Rule. Um, no, it was DMX. <laughs> I guess they kind of sound the same, sort of. Yeah, that's not racist to say that. <laughs> I just when I said it, but they do have um, distinct kind of like that, like uh, kind of raspy voice. But DMX was better than Ja Rule. So DMX, yeah. like he, were you, you know, I guess he uh, he had a drug overdose and had a heart attack and. Um, He's like uh, in critical condition. I think he's in a coma or something. And I, it doesn't look, look like it's gonna like end well. I think wasn't gonna... it, was it wasn't he was he was it the or ja Rule involved with the fire festival? Ja Rule. DMX. Oh, that was Ja Rule. Okay. Yeah, not DMX. Um, DMX was. Um, d- did you like him ever? Or I like that song. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if I knew a lot of other ones. Yeah, he had some good songs. Like, I, yeah, he he was good. I um. And I mean, have you, he had so many problems. He was always like going through these like insane problems. I think he had a lot of mental health problems and oh, really? he was always getting, he like was getting arrested all the time for weird things, like impersonating a cop or like an FBI agent at the <laughs> airport. Like, like really, he, he clearly had a lot of like trouble, like a lot of problems. Um, but, and he also would always, uh, he was really emotional. He would always like break down and cry on stage, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember he, any of that. I mean, I just saw clips of it, and um, he just—he uh, seems like one of those guys that was really talented, but could kind of—he could never get out of his own way. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. And I think he had a lot of kids. You know? Let's see what he's got. Doesn't I think say. that's just going to drive you insane, no matter what. Just having a yeah. bunch of kids to take care, of. and I think with like a lot of different women, and but he, said, he, he, was, he read the Bible every day. I guess he found Jesus at some point. Yeah, he might have been. He, I think he, he. I think he's from New York or something. Yeah, he's from um, Yonkers. Yep. Right, he's from Yonkers. Yeah. Um, but I liked him. Like, I never was like a huge fan of his. But um, he uh, he had a he had a few good songs. He had um, X is gonna give it to you. Remember that? That was a pretty big one. Oh, okay. X is gonna give it to you. And then he was like in movies for a while. You know, like they, you know, they try to make some some rappers like movie stars. He he yeah. like starred in movies and stuff with. I think it's one with like Steven Seagal or something. I think I saw it. It's uh, awful. Belly, Romeo must die. Exit wounds. That's cradle one to I, the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Cradle to the grave. That was good. No, I think like all, all, like a lot of rappers that when they hit a certain age, they're like, you can't really, you have to move, go into movies or retire from rapping. Cause it's like, you don't see it just a lot of old hip hop guys, you know? Yeah. It's, um, and I think he was, I think he like, lost all his money or something you know what i mean and then i think he was still rapping but doing these really small shows he kind of had like a rough later time you know what i mean um i think he didn't save his money and or maybe he got ripped off or yeah channel, chapter 11 in 2013 yeah so he was uh broke oh he did have a feud with ja rule that's kind of funny he did why because maybe like about similar styles or something um yeah, yeah, accusing him of a cop being a copycat. He accused Ja Rule of being a copycat, feeling his signature gruff style of delivery. That's why I would get those mixed up, you know? Yeah. No, no, you know? They, they sounded the same. They sounded very similar. I mean, DMX, I think, was way more respected than Ja Rule. Like, um, like I think rappers really liked him a lot more than... Um, oh, really? Ja Rule, everyone kind of hated it. Everyone kind of... Well, like 50 Cent sort of, like, ruined him. Do you remember that? No. 
him and 50 Cent, ja-, ja Rule and 50 Cent, they're both from Queens and they had this big rivalry. And then he went at 50 Cent became huge and like kind of went after Ja Rule and Murder Inc., which was the label, and and kind of like like hurt their rap a lot. Like it was kind of, it was basically the consensus was that they had they had lost Murder Inc. had lost the battle. Uh, um how come then, the hip hop guys don't feud anymore though? They used to always feud. There's the some, right? I guess there's some diss tracks and stuff like that, but it's not like it used to be, right? Yeah, they do, but I think it's like it's all on Twitter and stuff. The, the, the last one I can remember was Drake and Meek Mill. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember um, that. Which was that was just kind of on Twitter and like they just kind of wrote some some diss raps back and forth, but they weren't that brutal. They were like What's funny, but like I follow a lot of these, or I used to, yeah. like, because they used to have, like, they used to get really hardcore these these battles. I mean, you know, they, you know, back in the day, they would like kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's but when they were real hip hip hop. It's kind of like everything. Like everything starts with like the stupidest little thing. Like Eminem and Everlast had a huge beef. And oh, it, really? Yeah, and it was literally like because, uh, and they, you know, it was because like. Uh, Eminem didn't say hi to Everlast like when he was walking through like a hotel lobby. Like that's like that was like what started. And they were like on the on the on the diss tracks. They were like, "I'm gonna kill you," and I'm gonna like kill your daughter. You know what I mean? Like they were like, "I'm gonna kill you." And it was Just like he didn't say hello. Right. I mean, that's like a girl fight. You know what I mean? Like you didn't say hi to me in the lobby. You're, you know, I'm gonna kill you. Um made like five songs about it um yeah i don't know i just feel like sometimes that's not as creative when you're just writing songs ripping on somebody else like you never saw like you know like mozart do that with beethoven or some shit like that right yeah but they didn't really talk they would just have to do it <laughs> i mean I, I liked it i mean if eminem used to be actually one of the last big ones was machine gun kelly and eminem that was one of the last ones. i remember that one yeah when he was calling him old because eminem used to call everyone else old yeah, that was always funny. He would Eminem was always calling people old, and and like when he, he he was always calling Everlast old, and Everlast was like four years older than him. Um, but yes, I think we talked about this before. You, you're going to get old eventually. I so know. You know that weak, one's going to come around. It's just, I guess, it's such a young mentality. Like when people are old, you know. Because I I was at a show the other night because you know stand ups kind of ba- are back, I guess. Yeah. And um, there was some young guy, and he was good, but it was really annoying. He kept making cut like there was a woman there who was like 38 yeah and he was like oh this old woman he kept making comments about how old she was like she was so old and i was just like fuck man like the comedian was doing it yeah and he was like Uh, 23 maybe and i was just like that's how old i am now it's like people call people who are like way like pretty younger than me people call them old that's like really (laughs) bad (laughs) and the girl i I mean but that's a good way to lose a lot of the crowd when you call a 38 year old person. Was it a woman? He called yeah, it was a woman, too. Oh my god, that's even worse. He man. kept saying, You're pissing off lady. all women. What? Yeah, he kept saying this old lady, and uh, you know, it, it pissed me off, you know, because I'm like older, but like yeah. it was kind of a thing of like he was good too. So it's kind of like if you're young and pretty good, people are gonna like find a, a reason to not like you, and he made yeah. it too easy to not like him. So, oh, that's good. All right, well. Let's uh, we talk about young comics or old, I don't know, but I want, should we bring, we're going to bring in our guest in a minute. He'll pop in in a second, but okay. yeah. So, Oh, look, look at this. He's uh see this of old comics. Yeah. Uh, here he is. You want to give him the intro? Yeah. What's up? This guy's a comedian. He's really funny. Um, <laughs> he does, uh, he does, he plays all over the country, including um, 
three monkeys. <laughs> uh, Alex Erickson. You can legally say that now. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's public. Yeah, I do that for this too now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not just a chirping bird thing. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How we were talking about DMX. Were you, are you were you a fan of DMX or are you a fan of DMX? Um. I mean, like, whatever that uh up in here song that was him, right? I was like in going to bar mitzvahs when that song came out, so it was like a pretty fire song that would come on. So I knew him from that. But when I first heard about what happened to him, I confuse him with Exhibit. Sometimes, <laughs> all right. So uh, I thought of the. This guy is like the whitest that. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Eric was saying he mixed ja him Rule. up with Ja Rule. Uh, that's a, actually their their voices are similar at least. Yeah, yeah, I mix him up a lot with Tiger Woods. <laughs> um, exhibit, yeah, I guess theirs are kind of they, yeah, kind of. Um, so my but, initial reaction is like, oh my god, the dude from Pit My Ride is in trouble. Like that's terrible. So um, I did hear about it, but I, I can't say I, I was a huge fan. Yeah, you sound pretty torn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more torn up about what happened to Tiger. Yeah, I am too, actually. Actually, I guess I don't I don't know what happened. That kind of just went away. I guess what, what, he's okay. What, I think they found out what caused that accident. But did you did you read about that? Like what caused I it? Mean, I mean, I don't know if I I mean he seemed pretty fucked up. Like he was doing an interview the day before, or even maybe that morning, and he seemed pretty out of it. So I don't know if it came out officially that he was on some sort of uh, like painkillers or something. But that was my. Is he just a bad driver? Like I don't know, because <laughs> wasn't that the other big thing? Like he. Well, he's gotten a DUI before. Oh, he has yeah. gotten a DUI, and the other thing with his wife wasn't that. His wife, like... his, but his wife was just throwing golf clubs at his car. Right. Is that kind of what came out? She was like hitting the car. <laughs> She found out about his affairs, I think, and she like chased him down with like a nine iron, I guess. Because I always thought, um, how ironic that is, yeah, that he was on the other end of a nine iron. Um, <laughs> no, like, because I remember that story, it was so weird how it blew up because it basically started that story started with like, oh, he like crashed his car, and then all of a sudden it was like the biggest story in the world, and it just kept being right. like, oh, like the windows were broken or all this stuff, so. Yeah. And then they found out he fucked like every Chili's waitress on, on planet Earth, like like not just one, like every. Yeah, he, and he was going to like prostitutes a lot. Did you yeah. hear that? I don't understand these rich athletes like Tiger Woods and now Deshaun Watson, the quarterback from uh, Houston, needing to order get sex workers. You can literally get any girl. Do they just get bored? That's what I don't understand. I think it's because they um, they don't want to deal with the hassle of the fan, like who won't yeah. who, who won't leave them alone. You know what I mean? Like, makes sense. It's kind of weird. It's like if you're really, really like your life is shitty and you have nothing, you have to pay for sex. And if you're really successful and famous, <laughs> you have to pay for sex because it's like you you want to be in the middle. You know, like right. Um, and then like Crystalia is like a perfect example. Like, I don't think he did that, but I mean, women kind of like, he did do that where he bang every woman wanted to bang him and he did it and it ruined his life. So, so what he got accused of like hitting on like 16 year olds, right? Yeah, I guess I mean, so. They, they, yeah. That yeah. was like some of it too. <laughs> like they hit him up, like they hit me first and then he would see their profile and it would say like 17 and he would then reply. Like once you see 17, just move on. Yeah. Why? Why say anything else? Oh, how's 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 your homework? Like, why even follow? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, 
<laughs> so you're really stupid, right? And annoying. <laughs> How's that going? Um, yeah. So th- this might be so this is a good segue. So have you been following the Matt Gates thing? Are you, yeah, you know, you're really bit. political. Yeah, I've been. I've heard the allegations and his uh, sort of uh, rebuttal of it. Yeah. So yeah, you want to hear 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 this real fast? This bizarre drama began to unfold earlier this week when the New York Times first reported Congressman Gates is under federal investigation for possible sex trafficking and an alleged sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl. There you go. What? Yeah, why is it always 17? Like, why can't they just go <laughs> one year older? Like, what is, is it? Like, is it such a thing of, like, 18? Ugh. Right. You mean, I guess maybe it's may adds to the thrill. It's just, you know, below legal, barely legal, really. And also, like, the fact that, like, you're not supposed it's like amazing that you can get them. Is that what it is? <laughs> I think it just shows that they have a clear preference that no, underage girls only. <laughs> Making it very <laughs> Well, like, like, Alex, how old are you? I'm 29. So, like, what's the youngest, like, in the last few years, the youngest woman you've. Like what's the what's the youngest you would go? Yeah. Are you trying I, to get him to admit to a felony right now? Yeah. Well, it's oh, just like how do you even meet se- as a thirty-eight-year-old man? How are you even meeting seventeen-year-olds? Like <laughs> what, you're in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like are any high school girls like? Oh, I really want to bang a congressman. That's who I. They have a car. Congressmen have cars. That's what I want. I mean, like, I um. Uh, yeah, I was just, I, I forgot what I was, first of all, he looks, the problem with him is like, he totally just looks, ex- his face just exudes the crime that he's accused of, like <laughs> yeah. watching him deny it. It's like, he totally, I think I said this before, like, he looks like if the term date rape, like was a human, was a person, like, you know, <laughs> that guy's raped so many people, you know what I mean? Right. He, he's yeah. like, when he looks like a Kennedy or something, but like. He also kind of looks like he he doesn't look real, kind of. You know, yeah. have you noticed that? Plus, he's a big Trump supporter. You know, he's a, yeah. clearly like a theater guy. He's all about the theater and making like the huge speeches, and he just loves the attention and like it's just power. Yeah, and you and you're 29, so you you know maybe like if you meet like a 22 year old, does that seem young to you, even at 29? I I, I answer the question. The youngest I've hooked up with in the last like since I was this age is 23. So like, and that, that felt young. I think that feels young partly because I have a sister who's like, Uh, uh, she's 25. So anything younger than that seems young, Yeah, but like legally it's fine. (laughs) Well, no. And you're both in your twenties, but yeah, even in my late twenties, I remember I'd meet like 22 year old women at 29. And I felt like, even then, I feel like they'd be like, "You're 29." Like it would be like seem old to them. Um, but they seem they seem young because I think you just age so much in your 20s, like psychologically. Because when you come out of college, you're just so positive about the world, and then when you hit your late 20s, you start to realize not everything may go your way. Yeah, <laughs> so you may as well yeah. lighten up. <laughs> yeah, but I oh, think. But yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I was surprised at how undisturbed she was by the fact that I told her I was 29. Like, I thought she was expecting, like, 25, 26, and she was like, cool. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of them that, like, if both of you are in your 20s, it just seems... First of all, now that, I mean, I'm older, like, hearing mm-hmm. people be like, 
you know, oh, I'm 29 and oh, really? I'm 21. It's like 20s is all sounds like the exact same age right. now. Like it's like, OK, 20s. It's all right. You're in your 20s. Um, but it is different when you're going through it. You do you do change a lot, hopefully, in your in your 20s. Do you feel like that's happened with you? I, yeah, I definitely feel like probably since 25, you just like I was in a position where I like was miserable. I hated my job. I was like, this is what fucking adult life is going to be like. And then after you mm. go through that, you start to realize how shitty it can get. You start to mature for sure. I really do. I think the twenties, you learn a lot in, in your twenties. You see how a 22 year old acts. They're just so okay. naive. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. They're the worst in the world. I mean, I was the worst. And that's yeah. why that's actually a big reason why if you meet a 23 year old girl and you're like 29 or I mean, I've met 23-year-old women when I was like, you know, in my 40s who, who actually seemed into me. And I think it's because like dude, 23-year-old dudes are like the worst and the, they're the yeah. fucking worst. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, the really bad in my 20s. You know, it's really annoying. It's just usually you're like with um, like when I was in my 20s, it would just be me and like five dudes going out to bars, you know, just like six 23 year old dudes all trying to get laid that's just yeah. the worst look yeah you got a lot of the club and they're like dad you don't have 12 girls with you like no just just six dudes and you get pissed off that they won't let you in yeah just like six horny dudes <laughs> like what yeah none of us have girlfriends <laughs> and that never worked six guys you know one ever hooks up in that in that group but six guys um yeah that's true and it, usually because all the dudes you're with will just cock block the shit out of yeah. you like everyone just ruins it <laughs> that was yeah. another thing i learned like have you experienced that like you know i was just watching do you know the movie swingers have you seen that yeah i've seen that so like i was just watching that and like you know vince vaughn's characters is really funny in it but also like what's cool about him is he's always like he's so cool he's always trying to get like john favreau laid because john favreau is like not good with women so he's not instead of cock blocking he's always like actually kind of helping him right but in my experience like most dudes i think that's why i really that that movie like a lot of people like that character because most dudes are like the worst have you experienced especially comedians they're like the worst at cock blocking i've had so many situations where I'll be talking to a woman at a show and then just five dudes show up and just ruin it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember. Do you have any good cock block stories from comics? From comics? I mean, uh, can we drop names? I don't know if we would drop names. No, but, you can um, just say. Sorry. Yeah. No, you can just say their names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one particular friend, <clears throat> I mean, I was literally just, this was like a girl I had met at the show. And then we met back up at the same place to like get drinks on our first date. And, uh, and the friend was there again and he just came up from behind me and basically did one of those, like just presses their fingers into the back of your ribs. And then like, he made me almost fall out of my stool and like actually injure myself. And then he starts hysterically laughing, thinking that was like the funniest thing ever. Uh, and that was a comic. So yeah. Yeah. I think comic comics don't want other comics to succeed period. And that includes getting lit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, I once had it. Where I was talking to a woman after a show, and then um, we were sitting at the bar, like in stools, and this dude literally just took uh, a stool, and I, I mean, this isn't even—he put it directly in between me and the woman, and there was like <laughs> only enough room for like a stool. Like it right. was absurd, 
And he just put it right in between us and sat there. And then I was like, and you know, when I get in those situations, I, I hate all that shit. So I just was yeah. like, look, if you, you seem to really want this, so um, I'm not going to do, I don't know what to do at this point. But like, that was pre pandemics. Gonna... Someone wouldn't try that now. Maybe like squeeze in between two of you. I don't know. It depends on, you know, how much they get laid, I guess. Yeah. I think some dudes, we kind of risk it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so can we ask you about, so Alex, how long have you been doing standup now, Alex? Uh, coming up on five years now. And you did you start here in New York? Yeah, I've only done it. I started uh, right around the time I said 25 is when I was miserable and grew up. That's when I started to do comedy. Um, so yeah, Does that cheer you up at all? Uh, at the beginning, yeah, for like a year it did. And then um, when when did it get where you're like, uh, when did you like start to be like, oh, this this sucks? When you run, <laughs> when you when you run out of friends to bring to bringer shows, right? Yeah, I was like, well, fuck, now what do I do? But even that sucked too. So it was like, but you know, you definitely get an inflated self uh, self confidence like doing these these bringers at the beginning if you're even like somewhat competent. So and have you I, has it helped you meet like chicks? Uh, not until recently yeah. because uh, I was I was super fat until about a few months ago. Um, so that's no, I saw, you, when, you were, when you were heavier, you got ladies. I would, I would see that I, occasionally. Yeah. But I was very, I lost the weight because I was extremely self-conscious and I just couldn't deal with like being fat. And also because like I needed attractive girls to make me feel good about myself. So those <laughs> girls just like weren't enough. So I had to lose the weight. How did you lose the weight by the way? Uh, a lot of running and then like fucking dieting. I mean, it literally took a pandemic. Mm, if the pandemic nice. hadn't happened and I wasn't locked up with absolutely nothing to do, I still would be 220 pounds. Yeah, it's funny. It's usually like I think most people went the other direction. Yeah. I, I kind of did that too, though. I got more into like exercising. Um, but um, and then so did you have um, you, you had a show on what was it on? It was on uh, SNY, which is uh, the New York Mets uh, cable network. And did you have that before you did stand-up? I got that like two years into stand-up. So it was like 2018. So it was like really came out of nowhere and felt like a complete fluke. But then nope. it was also like, what this could be huge. And like it turned up, you know, not to be huge. Because, I mean, it was a cable TV show that had nothing to do with comedy. It was it was a dream come true. I'm like a huge Met fan and it was awesome. But, you know. What did you do on the show? Me. So it was a dating show. Um, and oh, I was okay. Yeah. Don't ask me why a baseball team needs a dating show on their network, but they felt it was necessary at the time. Try to get the younger, younger viewers. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think they, yeah. I mean, they probably were just paying prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, but it was a dating show like for who? Like people would come on? So it would be like the whole idea was a girl. It would be a girl going on a date with three guys um, and there would be a draft. So like she and her oh, friend God. would be picking from a pool of male prospects as like a play on words with baseball. And then she would pick the guys, go on a date. And one of her friends, her manager could listen in on the date and like, oh, this sounds like prostitution. Three guys are manager. <laughs> were you running, were you running a prostitution ring with Matt Gates? On, on, yeah. On national TV. <laughs> this was a funnel to Epstein's Island. Um, that's exactly what it was. Um, so, and what you hosted it? Yeah, so I was the host of it. So it would, you know, just like what was it called? Of, it was called Prospects. Um, they still play it to this day. I don't get paid for it, but they play it nonstop. Do you ever um, get recognized? 
I did. When I would go to Met games, I did. And also like on the Long Island Railroad train, it's happened in like odd spots outside of Mets games. But uh, oh, that's funny, Long Island Railroad. Yeah, so one of the conductors recognized me. Did they ever have <laughs> um, cool? Exactly what you want. In the- yeah, I'm like, sick, dude. I'm, I'm on yeah. TV. Maybe I can get some conductors. Um, <laughs> I heard you used to bang a lot of conductors after when that show came out. Um, so like what? Would you meet any of the Mets players on that show? Yeah, I mean, we the, that was like honestly the coolest part about it was we had basically free access. I had a media pass, so like if I really wanted to walk into the locker room, I could have. The show would have been canceled immediately, and I would have gotten you know into a lot of trouble. But I had the credentials to do it, so we could like go on the field during BP. So I like got pictures of a couple of them, talked to a few of them. Uh, so we had like free access. It was pretty wild. And um, why the, why were you into the Mets? I'm just curious. Uh, like, are you? He grew up. Are, he grew up on Long Island. They all. Yeah, like I grew up on Long Island. Dad's a big Mets fan growing up. Uh, I know they're shit, and they've been a terrible franchise to have to be a fan of. But, but actually, uh, you since you've, I mean, you kind of had had um, a lucky time to like them because they they actually have won, haven't they? Not a World Series. Yeah, they were good uh, a few years back. They were in it recently, right? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Oh, so when was the last time they won? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. So I haven't witnessed any any change. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that right. fun. That was that fun Met team where everybody was coked up. That's like that was a good that was a good baseball. You you saw the documentaries on that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wish that's what baseball was still like. Yeah, they need to get back to their roots. They were just normal looking dudes that did cocaine. That was it. <laughs> yeah, they were all in like terrible shape too. Like you look yeah. at it like. It was before working out. Like, like Strawberry was the only one who looked like he looked like an athlete. Yeah, these guys don't even look like they can play golf. They, back in the day, they were <laughs> oh yeah, like, Keith yeah. Hernandez was like fat, right? Kind of. <laughs> um, Didn't he smoke in the dugout? I always heard that rumor. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know that, but they're like they're they're good now, right? Sort of. They got a new owner, Steve Cohen. He's worth like two billion dollars, so he's like the richest owner in baseball you, and. Are, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Are you a big sports guy? Like, do you know a lot about sports? I'm a, like a really serious Met and Islanders fan, so mostly baseball and hockey. Are you Eric? Are you in a like? I, I like the Yankees, uh, but Mets Islanders fits the profile of a Long Islander. You know, those are the teams. Yeah. I don't know a lot of Islanders fans because you know New York. Everyone's kind of a Rangers fan, but the Long Island people obviously are Long Island are Islanders fans. Do they it's play? The, the, at, um, do they play the, Barclays now? Yeah, yeah, they were on the call. They were at the Coliseum originally, and then they were splitting games at Barclays. And now they're doing mostly at the Coliseum. But they have a new one opening up in Belmont, a new arena. Yeah, no one, no one, no one wants to go to Brooklyn to watch an Islanders game. No. Yeah, that must have been. So, do you, you guys like? Is it kind of like where you grew up? Like, you have to kind of hate the Yankees, right? Where yeah. I grew up, not necessarily. I mean, you're you're saying Eric that it's like Mets Islanders is the profile. That's mostly yeah. for like the scumbag parts of Long oh. Island, <laughs> okay. for like the more like you know wealthier Jewish areas where like oh. your parents would would be willing to drive into the Bronx and take you to a Yankee game. You know, so those are the ones that do that cross over to like Yankees and Giants. And oh, I see. Okay, off. yeah. Yeah, because um, for that reason, I guess my my dad just it was convenience factor. He didn't grow up an Islanders fan really all that much. He went to some games in the '80s, but it was because the Coliseum was 20 minutes from my house. He's not going to go to the city instead. Take oh, you to okay. Um, are you in like? Because I'm I, I follow sports, but like like 
Not that much. Like I go in and out of it, but I can. You name, can you name own. one guy on the Mets right now? Um, Brent. Uh, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't they have some new guy or something who's good? <laughs> don't they have a new coach? Yeah, but I'm not a Met fan either, so I didn't say it like I. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, Brent. Brent Lindor. That's uh, out of Puerto Rico. Brent. Isn't that a guy? Brendan. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. So I'm right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm wrong. All right. All right. But didn't they? Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't follow. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I. Um, who? Who? Can you name someone on them? Me? Yeah. You. Yeah. Like Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor. Um, <laughs> I'm actually forgetting who else. Uh, well, it's fucking on that Benny Ogbayani. No, that's a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. No, that's who Tom was thinking of. Yeah. Um. Wait, who's the uh there's another good great player um, what's in that his team. name mike piazza yeah uh, he was back in the day i mean jacob de grom best pitcher DeGrom, yeah. i mean me uh, and eric talk baseball all the time eric's uh do yeah, you are I you a fan like I, I don't think i can even name anyone on the yankees i feel like i like was into sports and then i just i was a nick fan and then they got so bad i just kind of stopped watching well have you heard of aaron judge yeah yeah. What, yeah, what about Aaron Judge? <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's, he's a Yankee. Yeah, yeah. And then who's the other, like, who, who's another big one they have now? <laughs> Carlos Stanton. Used to go by Mike Stanton. Yeah, no, I don't know him. Um, <laughs> what about, uh, I don't even know who's on the Knicks now. Like, um, can you name any Knicks? I can probably name a couple. I was never a Knicks fan. Um, that was because they were so bad, and so were the Mets and Islanders. I just, I was not the most athletic kid. I couldn't play basketball. I mean, can you, Eric? Can you name anyone on the Knicks? Uh, is Ewing still on the team? I don't know. Quickly, <laughs> no. uh, uh, RJ Barrett. That was their yeah. draft pick. Yeah. They really uh, changed over their roster in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, they did. And I don't think they have any big, like, any big names or anything. So I think Julius uh, Randall, he was an all star this year. Oh, really? Yeah, they're good. They're like I know they're gonna make the playoffs apparently. But do you like any um do you like any are there any like baseball or sports movies you like? Are you like do you like movies? Yeah, I'm not like a movie nerd. I feel like anytime someone asks me if I like movies and they start naming movies, I usually haven't seen them. But like I, I like like the nineties sports movies I grew up on. Like Rookie of the Year uh is one of my favorite movies of all. Angels time. in the outfield. Angels in the outfield, another great one. Little big league was good. Um was um those are all like kids movies right i know well that's when i was a kid i'd be watching those i guess that makes sense i saw yeah um was rookie of the year when he like hurts his arm or something (laughs) he like slips on the baseball and falls on his shoulder in a way and it's like he um he it's the kid from american pie or something (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and and what's little big league is a guy a kid owns a baseball team his his I think his grandfather was the owner and he died, so he took it over, but then somehow also became the manager, like convinced people that this kid should manage the twins. Yeah. And and Angels in the outfield, what is that? Like there's dead guys and they help the, the team or something? I haven't <laughs> seen that one in a long time. Yeah, that one looked like shit to me. The, all three <laughs> of those looked I mean, I think I was like twenty when those came out. So I was just like, the Jackie Robinson movie. What do you think about that? Are you are you I actually never pretty, saw it? It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> um, it was good. It was uh was that the Chadwick Boseman? 
Yeah, that was Black Panther was in that. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, like, you it's support just what those... happened in that movie, how they integrated baseball. Is that something that you're bro? Me or Alex? Anyone. Do I support integrating for letting black people play baseball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why'd you hesitate? That's the easiest question I've ever been asked. You should, you should host a Tonight Show. <laughs> the softball. So, Sharon Stone, do you support when uh, they let black people play sports? Um, no. So, yeah, I mean, it's insane watching those movies like where they, you know, from those times where they always show people yelling like the N word at people, you know, yeah. with their kids. And it's just like, I can't believe people did that, you know, and it's crazy because you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe people did that. And then like now that's like a thing again. Yeah. Like, I, on the news, they just show people doing that all the time. Um, yeah. So but there's always going to be people. Place, what? Certain, like Red Sox games. They were probably doing it till 10 years ago, like in Boston. They're probably doing it until 10 minutes ago there. <laughs> yeah. There was a video of a kid doing it in Boston recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So I think it's, yeah, it was, but you know, it's just so amazing when I see those movies and I'm always like, how can, I can't believe people did that back in the day. And then like with actually when, with Trump, it just kind of brought it. I, I don't know. I feel like it, like it was obviously still around, but like with Trump, it made them feel like it was like, okay to do that again. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, we can do this again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like crazy anymore. Um, so that yeah, you know, so this reminds you. Have you? Do you remember? You probably don't remember this, but um, you probably don't, Alex. But there, remember in '89, there was a kid who got killed, um, Yusef Hawkins in Bensonhurst. Oh yeah, that's a famous story. Yeah, the have you ever heard of that? I, the name sounds familiar. But I don't know the details of it. I just watched on. I think it was HBO. They had they they had a documentary about it, and it's crazy watching it because you know you grew up on Long Island, right? Yeah. So I grew up in Manhattan, and Eric, you grew up in the city too, right? So yeah. like you know, I'm watching it because it's 89 and they're talking, they're showing clips of New York City and people are like talking about it and they're like, in eight, back in 89, you know, New York City was just like a powder keg. There was like all this like racial tension. It was horrible, you know, and I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my God, that looks horrible. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I, that was like when I was growing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of crazy to be like, if I showed people like, Oh, this is what, where I was growing at. This is what, and explained a lot kind of about my, cause when I was going through it, I felt like it was like, Oh, this is kind of what you're supposed to just kind of what life is. But watching does it, does it, years, it, does it explain why you sound like you're from California? Does that, does that movie? explain? <laughs> no, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably like, cause I didn't leave the house and I just watched <laughs> fast times over and over. Um, no, I don't know what that is. I yeah. think that accent, the New York accent thing, is only once you get to like Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So anyway, what I mean is because in the movie they keep showing Bensonhurst, and it's all these Italian kids, and they're doing marches. Al Sharpton is in it, doing like marches, and like he looks totally different. And um, they just keep showing these white guys, and they're all like just yelling these horrible things. You know what I mean? You're, and it's crazy because you're like. You know, they're in New York City doing this. <laughs> While you were growing up. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It wasn't like far away. It was like when you think of that, you're like, oh, in Mississippi, they're doing that. But then it's like, this is like 1989 Brooklyn, New York yeah. City. They're like yelling the N-word <laughs> at people. Just um, so, yeah, it's just it's crazy how uh, we, we should ask Alex about his podcast, actually. OK, yeah. Ask. ask. We yell the N-word a lot on that. So it's <laughs> Yeah, give a little insight about it because it's good. I've I've watched some uh, some clips. 
Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's called All Days Off. It's me and another comic, a buddy of mine, Corey Yoskowitz. Um, oh, okay. We started out during the pandemic because there was just like nothing else to do. Um, this was before even like really the Zoom shows took off. We're like we may as well start doing something. Um, I yeah, guess the pandemic I mean, didn't help the podcast um, landscape. They sold out <laughs> of podcast microphones real quick. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. March. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think uh, kind of what it is. I don't know. Like, you guys familiar with the term hustle culture? Everybody needs mm-hmm. to show show everyone how hard they're working. Like, even in com- especially in comedy, like, oh, here's my eighth spot of the night and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so we're really like, we kind of um, kind of play up the opposite of that, just being like the lazy millennials who like don't we just don't want to do anything it's like yeah the whole thing is like we just only care about things that make our life easier and we just basically complain about everything else and then you know we talk about news like sort of through that lens so uh that's basically through the lens of like being lazy yeah through the, and just like our own like comedic voices trying to you know just just be funny but we're also two similar dudes we're two jews from long island who grew up in similar households so uh, we have similar uh outlooks so, and like you that, say so. you're lazy I would say I'm a lazy person. Yeah. You might um, be you might be, you're probably born in the wrong generation because you'd be a good generation Xer. That was the kind of the slackers. Yeah. I don't know what, what's the millennial thing. What's that? Well, uh, no, millennials, we we don't want to do anything unless we feel like we're like changing the world. Like every millennial wants to I think I think the, ter- the what they say is millennials have all the right ideas and none of the grit to actually do the work and get it done. <laughs> So I think that pretty much pretty much sums it up. Yeah, that's like a thing. Um, like everything's so overwhelming now because with everything that's going on, it does feel like in in our culture now, it's like no one just wants to be like, oh yeah, I just want to get a job and just like live right. my life. It everyone wants to like invent Facebook, like and it's right. it's literally like if I'm not inventing Uber, I'm a total fucking failure. Like that's what every it's like the gold rush or something where um. And it's very draining. And then, you know, you're talking about like, yeah, the whole hustle culture, like stand up came back, what, like on Friday. And I think like Saturday morning, I saw this guy's Instagram post of like his spots for the next three nights. And it was like playing here, playing here, playing. I have 12 spots. And then it was like, oh, just added three more spots. You know, and I was just <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Like, I mean, you know, it was just like stand up and bet had been back like 12 hours and I already was like pissed off. Yeah, you know, like this guy's already destroyed. Like he had done more sets that night than I had done in like the the whole year. You know, um, yeah. So it gets yeah. very drained. I just always, yeah. I mean, but that's what they say, right? Whenever I get on Instagram, I just always feel like I'm like behind everybody. Do you have that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that goes back to like millennials. Like we grew, we were the, were the first generation to grow up with social media and constantly having like other people's lives, like the best versions of it on Instagram in your face constantly, and you see all these people whatever like actually building facebook or going on crazy vacation like it just made everybody want to become made everyone super self-conscious and i think that's like i think that i think that really affected millennials i think it's i mean it's going to be even worse for what is gen z or whoever is uh oh yeah after us what are millennial girl like when you like what are millennial women like when you date them are they are they i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that or they try very hard to play the like i don't like really want to like get married right away i want some time you know but then they'll, they'll just talk about all oh, my friends are already married and like, what do I just <laughs> a kid? And, you know, like, so they, they try and play like the uh i think the term basic white girl became mm-hmm. real popular and i around like when i started i guess like 18 college whatever and girls try really hard to not come across that way or just own the fact that they are like basic white girls 
Uh, that's oh, my that's experience funny. with millennials. Yeah. And what, a basic white girl, what, what does that mean? Just kind of like Meaning a, like, yeah, rosé on a Sunday with your friends at brunch. Like you all wear the same like white denim jacket, you know, and this is mostly like I, I have mostly been dating within like the Jewish yeah. Yeah. that I kind of like I'm grew sure up. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Yeah, this doesn't apply to all millennial girls. And then I go, you know, like uh, whenever I go on Instagram, like if I go to the search page, I don't know, think, you know, like pages will come up automatically. And like, I mean, I feel like Instagram is just like all these chicks with these huge tits. Have you noticed (laughs) that? Like, that's been going on for a while. I mean, it's just, no, but like every, it's just, and they all like have their tits like hugely out, you know, like where it's insane, like insane. And then they're just like, um, hey, you know, happy Monday. You know what I mean? And it's like, wait, you're not going to acknowledge like that you have the biggest tits like in the world and you're just sticking them in the, you know, it's just insane. Wait, wait, like, how would they acknowledge that in the post? You you have to write well, it in I the mean, post. I don't know. I mean, but like maybe it's just because re- they're, they're doing it so blatantly and so like it's it's so explicit that it's almost like, I don't know. It'd be like, if I just put a, uh, a picture of me with like a sock, I'm covering my penis, you know? And I was just like, Hey guys, like, you know, have a good veterans day. You know what I mean? It would just be like, well, you can't like, you have to acknowledge that you're wearing a sock over your penis. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, I'd have to make a joke about it or something, but, but have you noticed that or is it just like, are, are those just coming into my thing? Well, do I think that have you? I don't know if you've watched the Social Dilemmas, this documentary. Yeah, I Netflix, watched it. Yeah, but like, I mean, the basic lesson of that is these algorithms know you incredibly well. And Tom, from what I know about you, you love <laughs> big tits. But so how would they know I think that? that? The algorithm's just working. But I mean, that's what I guess that's why I'm asking. Have you seen that too, or like what comes mm-hmm. up on yours? Mine is a lot of sports stuff. And I think what freaks me out the most is it's a lot of like, you know, going back to hustle culture, like the comics or the people who annoy me the most. Those are the ones who, who always show up on my like for oh. you page, whatever, because uh, okay. I think they know it's the comics and stuff I don't like, but I see it and I spend a minute looking at it and then I swipe up. They, I think their algorithms are crazy. They know. But I like, do that, too. I look buttons. at people that I, I see things by people I don't I hate all the time. And like, right. Well, that's what he was saying. He's like, they know how to push your buttons. But yeah. do you have that, Eric? Or no, like the, the hot um, chicks come up or no? I mean, yes, yeah, somewhat, but not like necessarily big titted ones. I think maybe somehow they've discovered that you might have at some point searched for this content. <laughs> yeah, Or you follow a few. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, but I mean, first of all, I, this is a big thing I always get made fun of for. Like people are always like, oh man, you're so into like huge, but you know, huge tits. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't think the breast implant industry was like made just for me, but I mean, that's flattering that like how much of the population has has decided to get that like this can i sh- like like this is like the first thing that shows up oh wow yeah i mean i would love to see who you follow <laughs> but it's just like it says like well, i don't even know what it says i don't follow her i don't yeah but you follow someone like her <laughs> do i i mean her first her bio says tell your mom you found the promised land so she wants me to tell her mom, my mom, that I found the chick with really big tits. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks we have a very, she's, she, she's very confused about our, my relationship with my parents. <laughs> um, where do you, where, Alex, where do you stand on comics kind of being thirst traps on Instagram? Um, That's what it's I, called. Thirst trap. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
I mean, I think it's it's like people. I've grown to really dislike social media over the last like couple of years, and I think that's a bad thing because, like, especially trying to do podcasts or whatever, get a following, like, it's important. And so, I mean, people whore themselves out in all different kinds of ways on yeah. social media to get likes and views, and like, that's just part of the game now. It seems like, like, so. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if that person is also hilarious at con <laughs> at comedy. Um, but like, I don't know. It's uh, but doesn't it get tiring? I mean, my I, I feel oh, like it, it tires me out so much. Yeah. Like seeing the constant promoting and um, and I don't know. Like so I feel like a lot of times it has the opposite effect. Like that guy who put up that thing. Look at all this. It's just sort of like. I don't know. It's, it, it was really like annoying to me. Like I don't think who's seeing that and it was like, yeah. It's also, it's just a total to me, like, cause these are, I'm talking about comics who are like around my level. So it's, it's just such a lack of self-awareness to think that like, this really means all that much. Like, yeah, it's great that you're getting stage time, but like, I admit that absolutely zero people are coming to these shows because you're going to be there, <laughs> except for another comic who just wants a reason to go to a show and hang out. So right. like, I still take part in it because sometimes you feel like you have to show people that you're doing shit. Yeah, you um, do. But it gets it definitely gets uh, exhausting. It's also like totally changed, like everything, like being a comedian and like what you have to do and like what they're looking for, or like because um, Eric, you weren't there, but you were there last night, Alex. Like there was this girl that we met at the at the show who um went viral from like this yeah. TikTok video and um mm -hmm. millions. What she came, yeah, she was there again last night, right. and um, yeah, she's really cool. And like, but she's just got mil I think now she has like a million followers on TikTok. She started before this with like 12 followers, and she was like on the Ellen show because of it, like, a, like actually on the show. That must and not be that hard to book these days, though. Ellen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right, because everyone hates it. No, but she was offered like, um, dude, she's got Maury Povich ratings now. Yeah. Oh, does she? Does everyone hear? Yeah, her? her rating, her ratings tanked. It's like, and now she's oh, like, okay. well, yeah. all <laughs> low so end shows. Still, I mean, yeah. they're not asking me to go on it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, that show sucks. Yeah, you can't get on it. Yeah, I know that doesn't say a lot for. But I think like James Corden, like anyway, like like she basically has like this big following, and you know, she was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing stand up, and I was like. Yeah, you should do stand up because like you already have the hard part. Like you yeah. have people following you. So that's what that's what it all comes down to now. Like they like club owners and stuff, they would be more willing to just book someone like that for a weekend, you know, who would get people to go, you know what I mean, even if like they're not that great or something because that's what it they just want people to go. It's not it's, it just didn't used to be like that, right? Like you used to maybe get booked, but like you didn't have to bring the entire crowd. You know what I mean? I feel like these road gigs, they, they've become like huge bringers almost, you know, like, like what kind of follow? I remember like a few years ago, someone, someone had a show like down in the basement in Gotham. It wasn't like a great room. And um, on like a Wednesday and he was like, uh, he's like, well, what kind of following do you have? And I was like, Dude, I, I'm like asking to do a basement show on a Wednesday. Like what right. kind of following do you think I have? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what kind of i wouldn't be doing the show if i had people come to see the show um so yeah, but yeah do you know what i mean yeah i mean i would like to think that if this girl did stand up before she like gets booked to headline the club that she at least has to show some like ability to like do it but i, I like i mean her following is probably insane when she's got like millions of followers now but um, i mean all she'd have to I'm do also, is wait go ahead 
I'm also not convinced that like people are dying to like see her perform. Like, when, can you just reenact the video where you found <laughs> the room? It was an amazing video, and she clearly is like she she does she like it was a great. I think she may have done like improv or something. It just seems like she has. Yeah, something yeah, to yeah. But I mean, like, if she, I mean someone like that, like I feel like she did the hard part, the hardest part oh, already. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the hard part is getting people to want to be paying attention. Yeah. So. You know, stand up is hard too, but I feel like if you could, if she could scrape together like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then bring a couple other people with her, she'd probably be able to maybe for a little bit, you know what I mean? Right. I like to think eventually like skill has staying power, but I don't know, you guys tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know, but it's like, you know, I just feel like that's what it is now. And I, who, you know what? She probably doesn't even need to do stand up. If you have, how much money did she make from that TikTok? Honestly, but the thing is, but the other thing is, like, if you're able to have like a hundred thousand people watching your videos, like, why not just do that? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't know. I I think that's the approach a lot of people are taking. People's podcasts are taken off, and um, you know they just sort of focus more on that. I mean. And I think it just made everybody feel like they can grab a piece of fame. Now, what do you think right now of that? Like how, because that's the whole thing with like, you know, comedy and showbiz. It's like, you know, where do you even start now? You know what I mean? If you want to like, hey, I got to do this and like get a following. It's like, there's so many outlets. I think what's annoying about it is there's always like a new thing. And then someone I know will be like, like that girl. Oh, I went, I went viral on TikTok, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is? How did, how did you do that? And then like next week they'll be like, there's this thing, and I have millions of followers. And I'm like, wait, how do I even do that? I don't know. Like, so I think I finally, I finally just took a step back, and I was like, I'm not going to worry about any of that shit because it just. Have you experienced? It just kind of drives me crazy, like worrying about it. Hundred percent. Me and Corey, my the co-host of my podcast, we talk about this all the time because because he, he's very much subscribes to like you need to have a presence on social media. You need to be posting and doing shit. Like you can't just be a stand up. You have to do this other stuff too. Um, and I I like don't fully agree with him. I I see the importance of it, but I still like to believe that there's a place you can call where you where you can build the following by just being good at being good at stand up. And it will take more time, you right? Know? And that doesn't mean you don't share stuff online. I think that's the yeah, and that's the um. I, I actually had that like revelation like two or three years ago where I was like, should I even do stand-up? Cause I'm like, but then I was like, well, I mean, I'm just going to my, now all I'm going to do is just do it and try and be good at it. And that's all I can control. Right. So like, um, but I, yeah, just, it gets over like th- this industry now is just so overwhelming. Cause it's like, it's just every, and it is that thing. Like everyone's doing it now. Like everyone yeah. wants to be, cause you're younger, but I mean, when I was younger, when people were famous, it was because they did something. You know what I mean? Like, so when I ever thought about maybe like, oh, going to show up as being famous, I was like, you went in with mentality of like, well, you have to like do something to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you have to get good at something. You don't just like the idea of it just being for nothing wasn't even like a thing. You know what I mean? Um, so that changed, I guess, around the early 2000s where, where fame became like, Oh, you don't have to do anything really. You just yeah. kind of, and then now it's completely just out of control. It's almost like being famous isn't even like, it's like being watered down. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like a, a valuable thing anymore. You know what I mean? I think it just means something totally different now than it used to. There's no like, what do you think it means now? Celebrities right now. I think, I mean, I think the most famous people I feel like right now are these fucking like TikTok. 
people. Mm-hmm. Like they they have, I mean, or like Joe Rogan has a bigger audience than anyone on TV does. You know, it's just there's so many different types of media that people are consuming now. That like it could fucking mean anything. It could mean they don't even like know what you look like in some in some instances. I mean, it's crazy. There's people who are YouTubers going crazy famous. Yeah. It's just it's not it's not it doesn't seem like the movies that make you famous anymore. <laughs> or that people like, I know there's like know. four actors that people care about, right? And then that's really it. All right. Well, that's a good question. Like right now, I was trying to think, what, who's the most famous movie star right now in Hollywood but that's working in movies? Not someone who's like, no, he doesn't yeah, make really no. big movies anymore. No, no. Like Alex, who, who would it? you say? Maybe like I mean, Chris I, Pratt? Yeah. Who? I was going to say Timothy Chalamet. I mean, <laughs> that's who every fucking chick I talk that's, to talks about. If that's true, that's real. We're in a really bad place. <laughs> Why does everyone love that? I mean, nothing against him, but isn't he like a hundred pounds and he just looks like, like hungry. And yeah. I guess he's like, I mean, I can't, I can name like three movies that, and I'm nothing against him, but I do think it's a shift. It's like movies used to be the thing that was like, you aspired to be you know that would make you just like hugely famous like almost like immortal now it's kind of yeah. like i think musicians are even are bigger than movie stars now yeah. musicians are, are becoming way more famous i think so because like they, what big... they do translates to social media that's why they can like, oh that's a good you know? right right so who is like the biggest movie actor who would you say leonardo dicaprio i would say he's kind of past his prime right now you know really I'm talking about like like in their 20s or 30s, like I, like. Well, first of all, they don't even like. Can you even name four movies that have come out this year? Like that's another problem. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's what makes it harder too. Um, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day. This whole like you know celebrities getting mad with the whole cancel culture and the Me Too thing and the backlash of like you're t- taking us down. I was thinking about the other day, like it, it's this whole Me Too thing and canceling celebrities was such an inevitability of how high. Um, so how big celebrity culture became in our country, how it just became like the be all and end all. And these were like our gods. It was like eventually the audience that people were going to figure out like, oh, we're the ones that like put them there. Like, so yeah. let's take them. And because it, it almost became like the the split between people became too big that people were finally like, hey, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not going to my whole life is going to be about like, you know, julia roberts went to the store or whatever so like it totally makes sense and it's like them getting mad about like well what is this i can't be famous anymore because like you know i raped someone like 10 years ago it's like (laughs) well yeah like you shouldn't be yeah yeah maybe fame maybe just you're not going to be famous anymore why did that become like an entitled thing like you know if you if you were at a job and they found out you raped people in the past you'd probably lose your job but would you be like, would I, I raped people? Like, I can't work here. You know what I mean? Like, so when I was thinking, it almost like pisses me off that celebrities were like mad about that. And it's like, no, dude, like you, this was a thing that just kind of is, can go away. So you're, you're not just entitled to it because you were in five movies that we liked. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's your take on that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I just think, I think the pr- problem with like, I think, uh, I don't know if your example of a rape, like Bill Cosby deserved to be canceled. Harvey Weinstein deserved to be canceled. No apology doesn't matter. But like, should Al Franken have lost his job or like, and, and I think the bigger problem is, is like, at what point is an apology good enough? 
you know, like does do you get to redeem yourself for anything that you've done in the past? Like, no, that it's gotten it's gotten too. But like, yeah. I'm not like Al Franken's. I think it different because Al Franken didn't seem like his was a job that he didn't seem like mad about. Well, he was mad, but I'm talking about like like celebrities. I think yeah. a lot of celebrities felt very untouchable for so long, and then now when it's like, oh shit, like. I'm not untouchable. Like it, yeah. instead of being like, Oh, I should watch myself. It's more like, can you believe these assholes? Like they're like trying to cancel me. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, you know, maybe just live your life with like how we're living it. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, why does it have to be? Cause when you really think about it, fame and all that, it, it's not a real thing. It's controlled. It only exists because of people. So if people decide you're not that anymore, the celebrity can't be like, well, no, no, you have to make me still be there. It's like, no, no, we control. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I'm not explaining it well, yeah. but I just can't believe the ego that like a rich, per- a famous person probably gets over time. And then once it goes away, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you, know, you don't remember who I am? You don't remember Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean? What the fuck? You know, people start well, it's, uh, yeah. Like watching Johnny Depp get ruined is kind of mm-hmm. like, um, I felt like but he what... seemed untouchable, but yeah, go ahead. No, I think we'll wrap it up soon, but I actually have a question for both of you because it's something I just experienced coming back to stand up and maybe you guys can agree or disagree with me. I kind of feel like a year off in this pandemic, the audiences seem a little more sensitive, but it may just be me. Uh, Any thoughts on that? Hmm. I, uh, I'll go for it. I mean, I definitely feel like there's been a tightening up, like watching some like really good comics who, who like can push that boundary. And like, really, if you break down what they're saying in totally inoffensive ways, but just yeah. mere mentioning of Black Lives Matter or trans people, you absolutely feel more of a tightening than I think you would before. Yeah. Yeah, but wasn't it kind of already becoming like that? It was. I just felt like it sped up, but I don't know. I just, I'm judging on a few sets kind of recently. That's like, you just say a word, a buzzword, and they just like, you know, I did a set the other night. where you went on in blackface? (laughs) (laughs) That might be the problem. Part of it, but no, um, I, uh, I did have a joke during the pandemic that like I stopped doing because people would get mad because I would say, um, you know, they have Black Lives Matter rallies. I just came from a a no life. I was like, I hate everyone. (laughs) So I just came from a no lives matter rally. And like people got mad at that. Like they didn't. And I, yeah. I don't even know. They, you can tell they just don't want to laugh. And then last mm-hmm. night, you can't even say someone's disgusting or ugly anymore. Like no. or fat. a white guy just a white guy just commenting on Black Lives Matter. You gotta you gotta tread 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 lightly on that. Yeah, that's why I just don't do it. So I don't, I don't. I've never really been a super controversial saying anything super controversial. It's just from my observations, like other comics were willing to go there. Um, but I mean, I have a joke about the Holocaust actually, and just saying the word Holocaust. Literally, a woman in the back last night was like, "Don't." Don't finish the joke. Oh, <laughs> like, really? no, no. Yeah, but it's like a totally inoffensive joke. And like, so I told it. It was fine. Yeah. I used but to have happened even before COVID. Yeah, I had a Michael Jackson joke that like I, I was doing, <laughs> and I did it in front of a room of a lot of black people like about a year and a half ago, and they were like really not happy. They were like, someone was like, Yeah, stop. Someone said that, like, stop doing the joke. (laughs) But I just was like, no, I'm going to do it. Like, what, you know, and then, uh, and then um, there was, like, I said, like, oh, that I said, like, a guy was fat and ugly last night, not someone there, but I was talking about, like, another guy, and no one laughed. And I think it was like, but I was like, really? I thought you could still call guys fat, you know what I mean? But you can't do that. That's weird to me. Hey, you're Crazy. shaming. 
Yeah. Even guys? You can call yourself fat. Yeah, okay. you did that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it was probably a bit of a, you know, a... I was worried about how not being fat anymore would affect, like, my comedy. Yeah. But I think... Yeah, I, did you lose... Did you lose... You lost a few jokes, right? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly... It's worth it. Yeah, I lost a couple. But honestly, like, I feel way better about myself up there than I did before. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's just way better. Yeah, you lost a few, yeah, a few jokes, but, I mean... You know, when you're getting blown, it's probably better, yeah. right? I have, I have sex. Man, I now, can't though, do those so jokes cool. anymore. <laughs> Gained a few years on your life too. That's probably helpful. So yeah, you, yeah. so you found that Eric that, that like people have gotten mad at things. No, not mad. Just uh, a couple Tight. of shows. People just a lot of groaning from people in the crowd. Not just for me, other comics on the show, and just I was kind of taken aback, but not in a bad way. They just go, they just go, everyone goes oh like or oh like. You know, Why do you like, think? What do you think? It's because of just everything that happened over the pandemic, like the George Floyd thing and everything. Yeah, I think it was it was going on before, but it's it's being sped up now. So it depends on the room you do. But I noticed that the other night, I was like shocked, like how many comics were getting those kind of reactions. They weren't saying stop, but they were. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's bad. When it was like, it, what you know, it's not even like you suck. Like it was like she was literally like reprimanding me. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop it <laughs> that's <laughs> that's like the worst thing you can hear while doing co- stop it <laughs> the most like to the point um yeah um, so. all right we should wrap it up all right alex aronson thanks a lot for coming by and, yeah uh, you have any plugs or no plugs you're, you're doing 12 shows tonight right yeah i'm doing 12 shows uh 15 tomorrow uh follow me on instagram twitter at aronson comedy and it's my podcast all days off and uh, I'm doing 500 shows tomorrow afternoon. Um, I'm doing 12 shows uh, through the next two years. <laughs> and, right. and that's about it. Uh, so, all right. Thanks. Thanks for coming on um, and uh, rate and review movie. this podcast and subscribe and uh, give us money through Patreon. We already have like a million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We'll see you next time. Last exit in Brooklyn.